Scott, I think Sean Dyche adequately sums up what you've been trying to say here for Are you going to use the word bugbear? <laughs> no. Did he use that word? He did use the word flummox, which I think is really good. Did he say flimflam? Welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Uh, Scott Weeby. Get in the game. I'm sorry. I was looking to you to speak next, but you never do that. I'm third. You are always third. Brian Chesco. Last but not least, you know, we saved the best for last, and I... I, it's just I'm, the way we've always done it. I've missed my cue, <laughs> but let's not redo that. This is an old-fashioned podcast. This is the way we've always done we've it. We've always done it, so we can't change it. We What's, have to be like, we've always we, done it. It's, this feels oddly familiar, though. I feel like we've done this just recently. What are we doing? Well, we're redoing the first half of our podcast because we lost the recording. But that's okay. It's going to be better the second time around. People are just going to miss all the curse words that I said this the first such, time we recorded. This is such bullshit. Well, there's one. On Earth 2... <laughs> where people are hearing our podcast, they're yeah. also watching a really great Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the Saints. <laughs> what what might have been? We were joking about how uh, Sean Payton was uh, drinking away uh, during the Super Bowl with Miller Lite that's filled with corn syrup. Oh, we during the Super Bowl yesterday. Corn syrup. The one th- one of the few things we learned yesterday during that uh, awesome Super Bowl. That's Let's exciting. not talk about American football, though. Yeah. Let's talk about Premier League football. We've yeah. had two game weeks since we've recorded an episode, and they've been fantastic. So we're going to go through those, mostly focusing on this past weekend's game week 25. But we're going to give a little bit of an eye towards both Game week's results, 24 in the midweek and 25 on the weekend, with an eye towards the future to help you, the FPL owner, succeed. Guys, I didn't even tell you. I want to do this on mic. You ready for this? I didn't even tell you. I don't remember his name. I Forgive me, listener. You will know who you are. But someone reached out to us via our email address, which is on our website, fsfcpodcast at gmail.com. Our website is fantasysoccerfc.com. And he told us he's been following our advice all season long. He's had the best season he's ever had in FPL. Wow, that's exciting. It, at least someone out there <laughs> follows our advice, Scott. Come on, man. You're about to hit you're about to top the century mark for not, game week twenty five. Not all of us. I am having a decent week. You're having a great game week. It, we'll, we'll explain it's, why. It's very it's not often I hit a captain and I was lucky enough to do that this week. That's true. Speaking of alternate universes, Dave got a captain pick, yeah. right? Dave had a, Dave was on his on his like, way like to like the a second time week. this year. Yep. All right, we'll talk about that, but let's get into this uh, by going through the top six clubs before we get started. I should like to add. Let's get on to what we're going to do for these matches. <laughs> yes, that's what I was looking for. All right. Let's start with the top of the table, Liverpool. <laughs> Tumultuous couple of matches, two draws. And Dave, you have some questions about the Liverpool defense. Well, yeah, in a segment, Brian, we like to call Liverpool. Now what? It is a, in, in it a, is a famous segment. It is one of have. our longest running non-segments. Well, it's because typically so many guys are scoring fantasy points that it's hard to pick the right ones. In this case, that is not the case. Well, it has been up to this point. Their defense has been the best fantasy defense easily all year. 
And of two the draws last, means lots of twos. No, of the Not last so six fast weeks, there, Dejan Lovren. Uh, oh man, of the last <laughs> in six the last weeks, six weeks, not so much, David. What's the, the the scores have been like? What one clean sheet in the last six weeks? One clean sheet in the last six weeks, as the fantasy Premier League reminded us uh, in the last day or two that they had twelve clean sheets in the first half of the season. Nineteen matches, twelve clean sheets, and now all of a sudden they have won in their last six. And as an Allison and Robertson owner, I am questioning investing that much money in a defense that doesn't seem to be what they were. It felt like not too long ago you easily could have had three Allison, Liverpool defenders. Allison, Robertson, Verge. Virgil. Virgil. You could have had any Salah. one of the or any two of those three along with Salah. It seemed like that was a sure. that was a, a, a good strategy. If you could have owned five Liverpool players, you would have. Probably. Absolutely true. Now, the question really is going to come down to this. Do you think you're needing to move away from guys like Allison and Robertson because you're concerned about the future, which is a valid question maybe considering the injuries that are lingering right now, especially in the back half of the pitch? And I'm not just talking about defenders, but you, Dave, you've pointed out to me before we started recording, that Wijnaldum is also a key loss right now. Man, Wijnaldum is seems to have the Fernandinho power. That's right. Remember how bad City looked in their, mm-hmm. their two consecutive losses, if I remember correctly. Both matches that Fernandinho missed. Yeah, yeah. so all of a sudden Wijnaldum's not out there for Liverpool and their defense doesn't look as good, and that's because he's not sitting in front of them. Yeah. So the question is, is that a concern for you, or is this still in your mind – the first place defense, the first place club in the league, and you're going to stick with the the horse that brought you to the show. In this case, specifically, Allison and Robertson. Well, I'm looking at that, and so I, I still like Robertson because I feel like on any day he can give you some attacking returns. But what I think there, a lot of teams are starting to figure out is instead of hunkering down and bunkering in, kind of like what West Ham did, was they sent – Antonio up the field more to pin Robertson back and or punish Liverpool when Robertson couldn't get back in time. And so instead of instead of playing behind, a lot of teams are just committing to, well, we'll just send a guy up there and wait for the counterattack and just we'll maybe just play the numbers and catch Robertson out because Robertson does have a tendency of getting upfield so much. I don't know if that's made Liverpool a better it seems to have made them a little bit of a worse of a defense. I, I just it, it would be easier for me to replace Allison, and the reason why With is whom? Well, Neil Etheridge. That's valid. Which which is wild because we and we've discussed this right. Allison is the six seven six seven eight nine six. Allison hasn't scored double digits all year. Etheridge is the opposite. He's a ten fifteen <laughs> one, uh, one, one two one one, one, nine, one, one. Eight, yeah exactly <laughs> fifty one of his points came from four matches. Well, he is, and I know that that's, regardless, I know points Brian, are points. Points are points, and they're four. Etheridge is four points on the year behind Allison. Yeah, he's got 108. And Allison has 112. You just have to commit to him if you're going to do it. Well, and I and I look at Cardiff's schedule, and yes, I am actually mentioning a Cardiff player, possibly thinking about owning him. But their upcoming schedule is outset at Southampton, home to Watford, home to Everton, at Wolves, home to West Ham, at Brighton. Now, there's a lot of teams in the mid, amid the lower table, but there's no top six clubs in there. Yeah. And so when Etheridge has had his best games, it's been against teams that were not top six clubs. 
and they don't have any in the next six matches. So, wow, what could I do with that whole pound, 1.2 bedillion pound dollars? What I'm could just, I do that? Just, I could invest that somewhere else. I'm just shocked that you are advocating for anyone who's listening to own Neil Etheridge over Allison. Look, it's a great duo for your bench boost. I am I am thinking about it. I would be lying to anyone if I wasn't thinking about it. Look, I'm right now I'm I'm getting burned by Allison. I'm investing a lot of money in him and he's given me crap for the last 6 weeks with the exception of one a Brighton one to nothing clean sheet and that wasn't that convincing. I I am investing a lot of money there. And I'm yes. not. I'm, I'm not getting much return. So that's if true. that's any other player on my team, if Salah goes five out of six weeks with giving me nothing, how much longer am I going to stick with him? Uh, I wouldn't guess very many because you know what the you know what the podcast rule is: three weeks. Three weeks, and you're done. And then uh, Allison's case, you're you're down in five of the last six weeks. So. Yeah. But that's right. a good segue to Salah, Dave. So you mentioned Salah. It's Sadio Mane who's putting in the goals right now. In a new segment we like to call the debate that won't die. That's not a new segment. It's okay. been going on since before the season started. And Brian, you have an update on points per pound between Salah and Mane. Yeah, Dave, you're really excited to know that the Fantasy Premier League let everyone know yesterday or today that now, now what would be today for us? We're Mon- recording this on Monday night. Host West Ham uh, draw with for Liverpool. Sadio Mane is now back above Mo Salah in terms of uh, points. He's a better value. Points per million. 13.7 points per million points per pound compared to Salah's 13.2. I thought this debate was over. I thought we had settled this several weeks ago that Mo Salah was clearly far and away, head and shoulders above best choice here of the two. And now the debate is reopened because of the last three results for Sadio Mane and the last two for Mo Salah. Very annoying. Annoying, maybe, but it's just as likely that, you know, in their upcoming match at home against Bournemouth, that. Salah is going to put in 15 points. He probably will. And that's the other thing, too. Number one, Salah's at home. I love Salah playing at home. I mean, if you're looking at captaining Salah for the rest of the year, I'm not saying he cannot score away, but man, he really seems to score at home. Um, Against clubs outside the top. I'm a Salah owner. I did not captain him this week. Now, granted, I was captaining Aguero, who had a double match week, right? So that's one reason. But Salah's record. Away is not good. Well, it's not as good as not close to what it is when he's at home. You feel better about anybody playing in home That's matches. That's correct. And in and in Salah's case, I mean, just I mean, it was it was not too long ago. I mean, he had a hat trick against this exact same this exact same team. So and he scored multiple times consecutively against Bournemouth. So I like him at home, moving him on. If anybody is selling him, I don't know what you're doing. And we can ask that question about a lot of, a lot of players who are being sold uh, this match week, but two blanks in a row is not, shouldn't be enough for you to sell him. No, I do think that, I mean, look, you know what kind of guy Mane is, Scott? He's your guy. You've had him for years now. I mean, when he gets into this kind of mood, 
Sadio Mane was a was an essential pick to start this season. I think he was. I've said before. I thought if it wasn't for him kicking Ederson in the face, he would have just maintained pretty good form. He was essential to own at the beginning of last season. He just goes through this kind of stuff. He's still really good, and that was one of the other big things about him so far at the beginning of the season was that, or you know, through, and through this through the midpoint of the season was that a lot of his attacking returns were similar in ter- compared to Salah. He was shooting as much. He was putting as many shots on target and getting into about the same spaces. But Salah was outscoring him. Now that's flipped again. Yeah, and I I don't think you can begrudge anyone who owns either guy. I think you stick with what you've got at this point. Whoever you prefer in this debate, you're probably sticking with that guy. And I think that, you know, that I don't think either party is wrong in this case. Salah is the one, though, that has the hat trick. Like, you never know when it's coming. It's true. Well, I, I don't remember the last time Mane scored a hat trick. You know, I mean, I think that's the difference. It's the same thing. And, and maybe we'll get to this in a minute with Sterling and Sané if that debate comes up. Is Sterling's? I've had I've seen Sterling hat tricks. I've never seen a Sané hat trick. Not saying that the player isn't good. I'm just saying when you're looking at why one guy might be more than another when they're they're on the field, production seems to be the same. It may seem like that, but it's probably not. You mentioned Sergio Aguero just a little bit ago. That's a good transition into Manchester City. They still sit second in the table. Sergio Aguero definitely in form, as Dave knows, who captained him. As we record this, we are in the middle of City matches in this double game week for them. Uh, Aguero putting in 17 fantasy points, 34 for you. Oh, yeah. With Everton still to come. You feel great, Dave. If if Aguero can get me two Next match, that would mean four for me, and I would go over the 100 mark. That for the would, game week. For the match week, without using a chip. That would be fun. Sergio Aguero definitely in form, but so is Raheem Sterling. We should not lose sight of the fact that five of the last six game weeks, Raheem Sterling has scored five or more points. That is factually correct. Sterling is good. This just in. Uh, Raheem <laughs> Sterling also a fantasy Premier League stat, reminding us this uh, this match week after after the Manchester City win against uh, Arsenal that Raheem Sterling is averaging seven points per appearance this season. Dave, Scott, seven points for every time he makes an appearance in a match for the season. He was on pace. I know earlier uh, in the when he was on his super hot streak. Uh, he was on pace to significantly beat his previous point best uh, in fantasy scoring. And so I think he at least has to be back on pace, if not uh, ahead of the ahead of the curve again, which would be a massive score for him because he was well over 200 points last season. What's fascinating is that he his overall ownership is 116 Mm-hmm. C- compared to the guys around him, Salah at a fifty point five. We talked about how Sterling Hazard at a twenty nine point three, and then Sterling. Oh, what a massive drop! Sterling, Sterling is at eleven percent. We talked about how Sterling is almost a differential. Even Mon- even Mane is owned nineteen percent, and then his teammate Sane is owned twenty point three percent, which is fascinating because both are susceptible to pepology. Leroy Sané, no exception this past game week. He did not feature at all in this first match against Arsenal. I know. 
And that's it was, shocking. It was my, I mean, that was my big decision for the week. I, I needed to move. I felt like I needed to move Felipe Anderson. Thanks a lot, Felipe Anderson, for getting uh, bonus points this week. Um, but I felt like I needed to get rid of Felipe Anderson, and I did. I got rid of Gabriel Jesus and, and was able uh, with a couple moves to get Jesus, uh, to turn Jesus into nothing, into Josh King. But in in Felipe Anderson's place was Raheem Sterling. So I feel good overall about the move. It makes me nervous that he played 90 minutes again uh, against Arsenal. However, yeah, I mean, that was a lot of my, a lot of my decision making was that, yeah, everyone's got Leroy Sané. Everyone had moved his Sané in the last here and in the last little bit, and Sterling scores have have picked back up again. I feel horrible uh, now. At the time when I saw it, I was uh, amazed because of the gutsiness. Yet I was also terrified at the re- what the result that could happen, and that is All Star listener Ryan, who triple captained us, and he pl- this week and he used it on Sané. Well. No move looked like it could be more explosive to me. I felt like that was yep, a, I felt I like there was hardly a move this week where I was like, that makes me really nervous. Yeah. That could be worth fifty. Oh yeah. Or sixty. Yep. And and unfortunately the horror when the lineups come out and he's not in the starting lineup and then he doesn't play. I just yeah. felt I was Yeah, not even a one. I felt brutal, uh brutally for bad for all star listener Ryan. Yeah. Let's move to third place, Chelsea. Things could not have been any worse after they lost by four goals at Bournemouth. But then they couldn't get much better when they won by five goals against Huddersfield. We sounded dumb about Gonzalo Higuain uh, a couple weeks ago. And now don't sound dumb as much. Because he had a brace and it all of a sudden looked really good. Um, Also Hazard. Yeah, and it, un- and it unlocked Eden Hazard. That was the thing. I mean, it, look, you saw it. If Do you own him, Scott? Do you own Hazard? I don't. Dave, you do. Iguain only scored a 13, 13 in that game. Yes, I, two but and Dave, a 13 in his last two. There you go. But you have Hazard. Of course I do. I have anyone who scored course, good this week. Of course I do. Anyone, anyone who scored guy. good this week, I own. Eden Hazard, I, that was the that Why, was the reason. Look, when we if anything, they should just make the dream team this week. My Dave's team, team. yes, that's correct. Wow, <laughs> not quite. Dream team scored 138 points. I know. You so haven't someone, there someone yet. triple captain Aguero. Sure. The question is: the question was a few weeks ago when Iguain was confirmed of whether or not he was an instant fantasy consideration and and i felt like yes he is because he's right. walking because of his pedigree and because of the situation he's walking into and he proceeded to do nothing and get subbed a little early against bournemouth and, 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 and I what felt, was apparently a great matchup yeah, on it, paper which yeah. turned to nothing this was the reason why though we even said it at the time this was why it was back-to-back matches it was bournemouth and then home to cardiff or home, home. to huddersfield you want that and so, yeah, if you held, if you held tight, if you if you accepted the the drop of a tenth in the in uh, in money for Hazard, you feel great. Now, before we go any further, we will acknowledge more Chelsea players. There were four Blues in the game week twenty five Dream Team as your, it stands currently. Your favorite one is on there, and we'll come back to that. Uh, but there are so many listeners who are yelling at me and you guys too because 
I think I said Chelsea's in third, and that's not correct. They're in fourth. I skipped third place Tottenham. So let's step back. Oh, Scott, you just did what everyone all season has done. Overlook Tottenham. Tottenham. (laughs) They are currently third. The only club of the top six that got the full six points from these last two matches. Now, granted, it took some drama for them to do it. But it all seemed to come from from one guy, and that's Sun. The Sun rose again? That's your one Sun pun this episode, (laughs) sir. You get one. No more. But yeah, right. nine and eleven, and honestly, I stand corrected. I didn't think he'd play that much, and here I he know. is, twenty fantasy points over the last two matches. Manager speak. Oh, he's fatigued. <laughs> oh, he may not be. We're not sure. We'll see how he was. He's physically drained. We could barely get him out of the tunnel if he only had help from children helping him out. <laughs> the mascot is actually and then dragging plays, and him then on. plays 180 minutes in two <laughs> matches and scores late in both matches yeah. i think at least in the got second lucky one. against dubrovka i don't know what dubrovka was doing you have um, a nickname for him don't you why well, it was just being mean because it was a dumb thing and i was just adding dumb to the beginning of his name and dumbrovka dumbrovka and it doesn't sound as nice after i say it now okay um no it was it was definitely not uh not the best goalkeeping in that moment for sure. Dubrovka. And uh, so Sun does get a goal to trickle in there. But hey, he, he sure they, was bright in the match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Yes, he was very bright. <laughs> Based uh, on uh, instant, instant, do either, instant do you, media. Do either of you guys own him? I plan to, but I don't yet. Why? Why don't you own him? I didn't make I, a transfer. I'm throwing my money into into the bigger names. I I I'm I'm my, I have all guns blazing here in my midfield with Salah, Sterling, and and uh, and Hazard. Is he not big enough for you? Are you overlooking him because he's on Spurs, Brian? Has anyone in the last however many weeks scored more points than that guy? Would you rather have Raheem Sterling or Hyung Min Son right now? Son, you really would? I know who's starting every. Son starts every match. Right and now he is. I know. I mean, he has to start now. Sure. But what I'm saying is, like, it's Hazard, it's Sterling, it's Salah, it's Sonny. All right. Would it surprise you these... next match against Everton if Sterling's not in the lineup? You can't tell me you're not nervous about that. No, but if but if he does but if he does play and I get more points from him, it will be more points than Sun got this week by a good bit. With Sun missing a match, who scored more points in the last six weeks, Sun or Sterling? It's, it's probably Sun. close. It It's Sun. I don't, I don't know that for sure. I doubt that. In the last how many weeks? Six weeks. In the last six weeks? He's right. By two points. Sun has scored more points 40 than 40 to 38. Yeah, I mean... That's really close. And yes, it's Sun being back with... And that's with, Sun missing a game. It's Sun being back, and it's Kane being out, and it's Delhi being hurt. I mean, I get the situation. I'm saying, like, this, the potential points, though, I just feel like is bigger. Because even, even in this match, so it's... Uh, like, I get that, it's, that goals score the same, and it's a bit lucky. He's still scored, and he's scoring like crazy. And yes, he's. A, I'm not saying not own son. I'm just saying like I have to make a decision. I had to make a decision, and I decided this way. And 
I don't hate it. No, you did great. That's fine. My no, the score's good and it was, you know, it could have been it could have been You can't find another way for Sun to get into your lineup anywhere? I guess I could. Oh. I could sell Pogba. That's the next closest guy. Yeah. Otherwise it would otherwise it's lose Salah, turn Salah into Sun. I don't think anybody's doing that. I doubt it. Well, it, it is interesting. Even though FPL also said in the last t- 10 weeks or whatever it is, Sun scored more points than Salah has. Yeah. So is who's who's swapping him out? Hazard's the guy. I mean, Hazard's the guy that everyone is being is, that is would be We alluded to the fact that Iguain's presence might make Hazard better. Agree. And that's what I was hoping for as a Hazard owner. Yeah. If I could turn Ryan Frazier into Sun... If I could, if I, if I could make, if I could just completely load the midfield, yeah. yeah, I mean, I would do that. I would probably have to lose. Yes, I would have to lose Allison. I would have to lose. I don't think you can go far enough down. Well, I was gonna so say I may Robertson also, I may, I may also have to lose either, yeah, either Robertson Andy Robertson to or. Benaric. Well, I already have Bednarik. Well, never mind then. What I'm saying, I might also have to are lose. You, are I you might... mocking the guy who had an assist this week? I have Bednarik. I'm not mocking oh, him. Okay, all right. We can but talk his about price him. Price is a, low. We can talk about him in a second. But I would almost, I would probably also have to lose Marcus Rashford as a forward. Like I would have to make too many moves yeah. to to do that. What I'm saying is like, it's it's a decision you have to, make to be made. It, it, and the that, midfield and what I, has look, so many options. Right. right. We've said that before. We we talked about it. 40 minutes ago. <laughs> it's just that there are so many different ways to do it this to do it this season. We've said that weeks ago that that because of the points that players are getting, yeah, I just feel like you have a, a, a bunch of different options here. Let's move to fifth place Manchester United. We know Pogba and Rashford are great. Is there anywhere else that we're looking now on Manchester United? My eyebrow was raised at the defense. I think I said this a couple of weeks ago, but I'm now seriously considering them. And, and especially with, with Lindelof, uh, look, we're not the first podcast to tout, tout him because he's cheap, uh, and or Luke Shaw. Both of them are playing in that defense. And look, that defense in the last five weeks, 7-6-2-10-7. That's really freaking good. Yeah, it's clean sheets that other clubs are not getting, and that's why, Dave, I was going to say, you, you're considering the defense. Would you even consider De Gea? Yes, is you, Allison would, owner? Would you, yes. Would you, is, I mean, would you save yourself a couple tenths there to, get to, to go down from Allison to De Gea? Yeah, I mean, it, it's not a, a horrible move. I, I, the only thing that's a little hesitant for me, I mean, United's schedule upcoming, the next three out of four, are pretty good, and they got Liverpool in there, but they got Fulham, Crystal Palace, and Southampton. Now pause, because the two scores that didn't look so good I in the know, last I'm, five were against Brighton and yeah. Burnley. No, it's it's a that's well said. I so I guess we just won't look at the color code at all, will we, Brian? Not with David um, De Gea, because so, he's put up twelve. He was all world against Tottenham, gets twelve points. And then a two and a one against Brighton and Burnley. I don't think schedule matters for him. I'm fascinated. Neil Etheridge is having a Tom Heaton year from two years ago. Nick Pope. Uh, really? No, Tom Heaton. I didn't stutter. Um, <laughs> Tom Heaton before Nick Pope came along. But also Nick Pope. Tom Heaton before Nick Pope came along. All right. Was the league leader. Sure. Uh, it was the top only Joe goalkeeper. Hart could have done that this year for Burnley. So, so what I'm saying is Neil Etheridge is. Heat, heat, 
I yeah. Can't, I cannot say that. Here's the thing, though. David De Gea is up and down the same way as Neil Etheridge is. It's just a higher risk because he's a higher price. Right. I, I still feel like Allison is the is the top goalkeeper in the league. He you is. You might be selling low at this point. I, you don't top sell low. fantasy. Or you, you buy top. low. You don't sell low. Uh, well, his price hasn't dropped yet. Technically, I would if I sell him, I will have made money on him. All right. But so you're gonna go to Al? You're gonna go to De Gea or Etheridge? I don't know if I'm going to do the move at all yet, but okay. I am heavily considering it. Where in the look, five out of six weeks, Allison hasn't given me crap. So it's time to start thinking about doing something. I've got two free transfers in this game week, and neither of them, as I sit here, are going to be used on Allison. No, there's no way. Let's move on to Arsenal. Arsenal had a mixed game week, uh, or I guess a mixed week over the last two game weeks as well, getting points against Cardiff, but not getting any against Manchester City. Didn't expect that. It makes watching the game and or listening to the game, taking in the game, that much more enjoyable when you already know they're going to lose and you have fantasy players in the opposite team that are scoring hat tricks that makes the day a lot brighter. I'm not sure what he said, Brian. I think what Dave is getting at is that he is now a huge Sergio Aguero fan, and whenever he has Sergio Aguero having a great week, it doesn't matter what happens. Hey, I like what happens to Arsenal. I like any players on my that's scoring for my fantasy. Well, of course, but I want to ask you this question. I waited till we talk about Arsenal to ask you this question. Sure. Who did you transfer out to bring Aguero in? I transferred out Obama Yang. Okay. When I wild-carded and brought in Aguero. Now, would you recommend that other... I, I know that you did that because you didn't want to own an Arsenal player because you cheer for Arsenal. That's and, correct. Like you, I'm you, not man enough to own an Arsenal player because if they lose and and I have that guy on my team, that means he they'll, he probably did bad fantasy-wise. Mm-hmm. And it's like a double whammy. Like okay. I'm not man enough to handle that. I'm a sure. pansy. Now, Aubameyang in his last three, four, twelve, and two. It's not like he's dropped off the map. So, would you recommend others who are not Arsenal fans who are listening to this transfer out Aubameyang? Sure. No. 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 If you have him, Brian, would you transfer him out now? If I had Aubameyang no. now, no. The answer to that is no. The his upcoming schedule is too good to sell, and yet Aubameyang is one of the top. I think he's the fifth most sold player so far so this game week, which doesn't make sense because because of how good the schedule is, especially for the next three weeks. He also is the highest scoring striker in the league. I, I mean, I, I would say it's the opposite. It's the question is, can, could you possibly get him in your squad? Right. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about making three transfers to make Danny Ings turn into Obama. Right well, now. Danny Ings needs to go. We'll yeah, I agree. In a minute. All right, before we get into some other things elsewhere in the table, uh, there was a, a bad pun by an announcer on the world feed Okay. for the Everton match. I don't know if you guys noticed this in the highlight package or if you watched this match, but the match was interrupted for three-ish minutes because a black cat yeah. Oh, was yeah. on the pitch. And uh, when the match was done and the loss was confirmed for Everton, the announcer referred to it as a catastrophe. Oh, boy. Oh, yes. But, I mean, Black Cat, that's a bad omen for Everton. I do kind of like that. That's fun. Yeah. There are a few clubs, though, that you've got to be feeling somewhat positive about outside the top six based on results. And because of that, you got to feel 
you got to at least look at their their players for fantasy consideration. I'll start with the one that's lowest in the table right now, and that is Burnley. Now, I know they're 17th, but, I mean, Ashley Barnes, a 5 and a 6 in his last two matches. Is it time to buy Ashley Barnes? Yes. The answer is yes. Buy Ashley Barnes. If you're in our mini league, <laughs> buy him. No, but seriously, Ashley Barnes has this moment, it seems, every season. Ashley Barnes. He has a streak in hey. the second half of the season where he puts in some points. Ashley Barnes is is like the best player Millwall's ever had. <laughs> okay, I mean, about? honestly, like... Look, Ashley Barnes, we know this, obviously, from watching him this week and watching him every other week, that he has a he plays with a real chip on his shoulder. All right, well, let, let me talk about that. All right, hold the thought on owning him and let all me right, talk about right, that for right. a second. Because we saw a contradiction in referee decisions over the last week on the calendar. In the middle of the week, Wilfried Zaha got sent off by Andre Mariner in the Crystal Palace match. Your guy. Now, Andre's, or not Andre Zaha, Wilfried Zaha is, I think, fouled by James Ward-Prowse. Pretty clear. He's taken off the ball, uh, and a foul should have been called on Ward-Prowse. It was not. Zaha gets upset. When Ward-Prowse reaches out to try to console Zaha, maybe bait him a little bit. Zaha slaps his arm away and gets a yellow card for it. Now, Dave, we've talked all the time about how you should get in a guy's face. Let him know you mean business. Absolutely. But you go chest to chest. You don't swing an arm out at any body part in any way, shape, or form. Only throw punches once a punch has been thrown at you. Or maybe once you've gotten a red card and the suspension is already locked in. But Zaha did it, got a yellow card for it, then sarcastically claps at Andre Mariner and picks up a quick second yellow for dissent and is sent off the pitch. Okay, fine. You know what? I will bring back a segment that has been away for too many weeks, the fantasy half point, and I will give it to Andre Mariner for at least having the stones to give the second yellow for dissent in a moment when many Premier League referees probably wouldn't. Kudos for that. However... I'm going to right away, quickly take that fantasy half point away because Andre Mariner, you should never have let that situation get to that point in the first place. Zaha was fouled. And Brian, I know this because you said this the first time I said this when we recorded this before, that Zaha was the most fouled player last season. He's currently the second most fouled player this season. The guy can't get a call to save his life. Instead, it's the opposite. He's got a reputation for diving. And you know what? I don't blame him. He's not getting a call. If anything, I'm giving him a lifetime pass for simulation. He's more than earned it. I don't understand why Wilfried Zaha can't get a foul called against or, or, or by an opponent against him to save his life. Instead, he gets sent off here. Okay, fine. Let's fast forward to the Burnley match on the weekend. We referenced Ashley Barnes. Ashley Barnes goes down in the penalty area. Uh, I think it's early in the second half or maybe it was in the first half of this match. Doesn't get the call. Just like Wilfried Zaha didn't get the call. Ashley Barnes goes down. When he realizes he's not getting the call, he runs over to the assistant referee and berates him, screaming in his face, swinging his arm forward like that's a terrible call. Not like aggressively at hitting the assistant referee, but just like telling him it's a terrible call, terrible decision, right? And probably saying a few other choice words too. Spits at the ground in a way, at first I'm thinking, that's kind of 
maybe a gesture towards the assistant referee too, even though it wasn't in his face, it was down at the ground. Does all this. Then he runs at Anthony Taylor, the referee in this match, and is essentially does the same thing, but for a shorter period of time to Anthony Taylor. Anthony Taylor shows him a yellow card for simulation, which is ridiculous. Equally ridiculous to Zaha not getting the foul called in the Crystal Palace match in the midweek. But Anthony Taylor doesn't give Ashley Barnes a second yellow for dissent. When Ashley Barnes was incredibly and much more hostile towards an official than Wilfried Zaha was. So I want to know what gives. I know what gives. Well, go ahead, Dave. It's obvious he doesn't play for Liverpool. Because <laughs> right. if Zaha did, he'd get every call like other Liverpool players get. I'm sorry, Scott. I just had to throw that in yeah. there. Yeah. No, but seriously. I don't know how the I don't know how of all the things that Anthony Taylor had to decide, I don't know how he comes away deciding that it was a dive. That's the weirdest that was the weirdest part of that decision. I, I know you Anthony, have an idea. Well, about yeah, because I think once Anthony Taylor decided it wasn't a foul, he was in a situation where he had to give Ashley Barnes the yellow card for simulation. He had to at that point. He made he had a 50-50 choice and he made the wrong decision and he went all in with it. At least at least I'll give him a little bit of credit for that. But quite frankly, I've been less and less impressed with Anthony Taylor over the course of this season, just like I've been less and less impressed with Andre Mariner over the course of this season. But but to be positive for a second, you know who I've been really impressed with this season? Tell me. Paul Tierney. That guy kind of came out of nowhere for me this season. He's been very good. Yeah, I don't know who he is. Scott, I think Sean Dice adequately sums up what you've been trying to say here for weeks. Are you going to use the word bugbear? <laughs> no. he use that he, word? He did use the word flummoxed, which I think is really good. Did he say flimflam? <laughs> I don't know. He That All sounds right. like that's a good one for him, too. No, he just said it, it, it was a clear penalty. He said it can't be any clearer in my view than it was. He falls naturally. That is what worries me in the game at the minute. When people dive, they get penalties. When people fall naturally, they're not getting them. So now, I, Sean Dyche complains every week about something, right? Well, and he and it's been well publicized about the lack of penalties for Burnley. Yes. You know, they're on whatever you know. And Ashley Barnes did a get a penalty match run or something. A penalty like kick goal at the end of this match, so yeah. all was made somewhat right with the world, uh, as Dave pointed out uh, before we started recording. It was something like the third of three defenders putting their hands up over their heads and it was ridiculous yeah it was a crazy and they were all like at the end of matches yeah absolutely defenders putting their arms in the air ball hitting their hands but come on we've talked easy call for the referee but we've talked about this for whatever reason premier league players don't know how to jump for the ball without Without their arms their arms you're so they either use their hands or they use their elbows against an opponent and i don't i don't have any sympathy for any anyone I would say this if it, if it happened to Virgil next weekend. I don't have any sympathy for a Premier League player who doesn't know how to jump without his arms. I'm mm, sorry. Okay, we'll see. Yeah. Can't wait for Virgil to do that. <laughs> He's too good for that. All right, let's go back into our, our discussion on positive clubs. Uh, I'm guessing that we're not feeling too positive about Burnley, despite my attempt to bring Ashley Barnes into this conversation. I feel decently positive about them. Dave, you hate them well, for you, some reason. You go though. ahead. You feel positive about the, the 17th place Burnley <laughs> that I know I said a couple weeks ago, hey, something might be brewing there. But, I mean, let's just be honest at this point. They're they're not in a good place, man. They're in an improving place. That's I think that's all that they need to be right now. Thanks, Tom. After as bad as, after as, bad as they were, 
For as much as they were getting destroyed through the first mm-hmm. non-Tom Heaton matches that they played, they the are doing Hart era. much. It's <laughs> it is much better for them right now. That's true. So, speaking of much better, things have been much better for Newcastle lately. I know that the scores weren't so great coming out of the Tottenham match, but uh, they were pretty good after the previous two matches against Cardiff and Manchester City at home. Are there any Newcastle players you're feeling good enough to uh, just to give a second look at? Well, not even a second look. It's a look that I don't know why I haven't acted on it at, at any point yet this season, and that's just getting... Your boy Rondon? Getting Rondon back in, man. You love mean, Rondon. Well, no, now that they're... Now look, the whole thing was recently was them back on this hell run that they were in because they've done it twice. They had two they had two multiple match runs against really good clubs, and and it didn't terribly adversely affect Rondon's scores whenever they did. No, it didn't. Five of their last seven matches have been against top five clubs. Yes. So now they are out of that. They do not do that again. They have Arsenal and Liverpool. Those are the only two of the top six they play the rest of the season. So from twenty now, from now week twenty six to, to the end of the season, they play two of the two of the top six again, and not back to back. I don't know how Rondon is not an immediate. I mean, he he should be my third striker. Well, would you recommend, so with that said, and I don't think any of us are going to argue that, I'm even looking at a couple of potential differential forwards. I mean, you can't ignore the fact that Isaac Hayden has a 6-5 and a 2 in his last three matches. I know that may be ridiculous, but if you need a fifth midfielder and you need to go down from Ryan Frazier, who, by the way, hasn't been great in a few weeks, I mean, is it the most ridiculous thing to make some money and to pick it up to spend elsewhere by... Getting Isaac Hayden as your fifth midfielder? Well, I mean, if you, yeah, I mean, if you're going to save money, yeah, now that he has a run of, you know, he's got seven starts in a row, I think, six, seven, eight starts in a row. But he's not coming out of the lineup. No. Oh, it doesn't seem like it. And it's not, and they're not missing anyone. The only thing, I mean, you just wonder with, you know, with them signing uh, Almiron, Almiron, you know, just kind of what the, what the midfield's going to look like, like what you know, where is that spot going to be? I mean, I can't say right now whether they play even a similar position, but either way, yeah, four point three. I mean, he's got to be, he's got to be one of the cheapest. Probably only uh, Jason Punchin is cheaper, who's getting a regular, you know, get, has Minutes, a regular yep. spot. So, Who, by the way, featured in my last blog post on our website, fantasysoccerfc.com, where I give my ten best January transfers from this past January yep. window. Jason Punchin ranked number nine. Look at that. Yeah. He didn't start this past week. Hopefully that doesn't yeah. continue. But, I mean, what are you doing? You're not playing him. Are you counting on him for points? Come on. Well, maybe. Maybe. If it's going to come from Huddersfield, it's going to come from him. That's my guess. One more midfielder. Do you think Matt Ritchie would be a better option than Ryan Frazier at this point? Matt Ritchie's last four scores, 4-3, four, 8-2. The one thing that Matt Ritchie is doing is... Managing Bournemouth. <laughs> I, don't, I still don't know how that guy manages Bournemouth and still finds a way to play for Newcastle. It's mind blowing. Matt Ritchie's eight a couple of matches ago gives him seventeen over the last four. Uh, Ryan Frazier's had ten in the last four, but Frazier had a twelve five matches ago. Frazier has obviously had a far better season on the whole, but I'm just wondering, looking forward, is Matt Ritchie an option at this point? No, look. 
we said we've said it a lot this season because guys like Luca Dina and and Holobos and Ryan Frazier, uh, uh, Trippier early on in the season. We've talked about Gilfy at different points, like the, uh, James Madison's still on the list, and that's mm-hmm. guys who are putting in a ton of crosses, who are taking corner kicks, and I'm not high in James Madison anymore. No, but what Classic I'm saying is first year dip. No, what I'm saying is like there these guys are the ones who are who are they are the ones who are creating the chances for their club. Sure. And so are you owning Jean Michael Seri from Fulham? Not no. necessarily, but he's the one that's doing a lot of that still. Mm. Are you thinking about Joel Matinho from I'll, Wolves we'll right get to now? Him next. Yeah, you probably are. And so is the rest of, of Fantasy Premier League because in the top 12 transfers in this week, there's there's five wolves or six wolves <laughs> or something like that. But well, Matinho is one of those guys. Yeah. And, and, and Matt Ritchie is in the same range. Matt Ritchie is third in the Premier League for crosses supplied right now. Only Dina and Holobos have more than he does. I just want to point out the obvious, that the, that the schedule that makes Rondon so attractive is the same schedule Ritchie is going to be playing. However, I get the love for Wolves right now. Yeah. And so we'll transition to them. I'm going to give you three score lines over the last three matches for three different players. Diogo Jota, 19-6-5. So he's followed up the hat trick with a couple of decent results. Yeah. Uh, jo- João Moutinho, as you mentioned, 10-11-6. Yep, you love that. Raul Jimenez, pod favorite. If it's not Rondon, it's got to be Raul. Yeah. Five, twelve, and nine. Yep. I don't think anyone would argue with owning any of those guys at this point. In addition to token Wolves defender, which by the way is probably still a thing. Matt Doherty six and five in his last two. Yeah, and that's. I mean, you saw against Everton what happens with a guy who's attacking because he he gets he draws. Doherty could have easily had more than five. He draws the penalty, so he gets the you know he gets the FPL assist for the you know for the penalty that ends up that uh, Neves ends up taking. No, I, I. There's no reason why you shouldn't be looking at any of those guys. In a few weeks, yeah, you'll probably rethink it because they go three of four against top six clubs. But yeah, uh, but no. Overall, for the rest of the season, uh, other than that one little run, Wolves, Wolves also have a very good season. Newcastle's, I would say, for that reason, is better. Yeah. However, Wolves' ceiling is higher. They're performing far better. Yeah, I think you'd. I think you'd trust the offensive returns more from Wolves than Agreed. you would from Newcastle. But I don't. I I'll also. I mean, if I, I don't know how much you're looking at a differential. But uh, honestly, Rondon is. I don't feel like is that much. I feel like he seems very standard. But as Raul a or Rondon. Right if I had to pick, if I had to pick one, it would be Jimenez. It would be Jimenez. Yeah, one hundred percent. You're you're going off of Ings. To one of those two guys, you're picking him in it, right? Well, it depends because I can get to. I mean, Rondon's only point two more than Danny Ings. Rondon is five point seven. Yeah. That doesn't seem right. It seems like his price should have gone up more than that. So you just think that because you you love him? No, I just feel like he's he had. The, I'm saying club. he's had the returns. Yeah. So I get the I get why Jimenez is owned way way more. However, it's not because Rondon's been bad that people don't own him. 
Let's race through the Game Week 25 Dream Team. Uh, Dave, you won't be surprised to know that the goalkeeper on the Dream Team. So, By the way, ca the caveat is this is the Dream Team prior to City Everton gotcha. on Wednesday. So this is subject to change by the time you're listening to this. But as we sit here, David De Gea is the goalkeeper on the Dream Team. We've discussed him already at length. Our defenders, there are three. Two of them are Blues, David Luiz. And Dave, well, they're both Daves. Dave, David Luiz, and Dave Azpilicueta. Oh, nice. That's, it's got to be one of the first times Azpilicueta has been on the Dream Team this season. I agree. Alonzo was a fixture on it for the first, like, eight or nine weeks or whatever. And then... Uh, Man, has anyone fallen more than Marcus Alonzo in terms of fantasy stock? No, not too many people. Not not this kind of plummeting where he went from how you'd have to have him to now you should have sold him seven weeks ago. Does anyone miss Antonio Conte more than Marcus Alonso? <laughs> hey, he even lost his starting spot there two matches ago. Crazy. To Emerson. Uh, Brian, one of your favorite guys also uh, is in the Dream Team joining those two blues in the back line, I'm referring to Jeffrey Schlupp, highest scoring defender Ugh. of the game week. Man. From Schlupp. Crystal Palace. It's weird because Schlupp was, I mean, I started the season with him. Other people, you know, I'm sure jumped on him after he scored in the first week. But yeah, the whole thing was him and Max Meyer and who's going to play. And it's just been a revolving door. And so Schlupp is going to do that. Just remind you that he's, he's a versatile player and he's going to have returns like that. So. It's just you don't like those minutes. Look at the minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Hazard and Sun are in our 3-4-3. Three, three. Uh, they, they make up half of our midfield, joined by Nathan Redmond of Southampton and Luka Milvojevic of Crystal Palace, two guys that we've discussed off and on oh, throughout man. the season this year. Man, Luka is... Uh, Luka's, if you picked him up weeks ago, when he scored that, when he scored his first penalty goal... You probably would have done okay if you grabbed him then. He's still, uh, he's going to keep himself on the radar, I have a feeling. Do you know why I'm not doing well this year? Because my Luca rule has not <laughs> been in effect. Oh, That's why. <laughs> I mean, look at his scores. He's got 103 overall points. That's great. He goes up and down. I mean, you know, 7 1, 5 1, 11. But I mean, the guy is scoring points. Yeah. Just think of how many points he'd score, Scott, if. Zaha, I was actually called for the fouls he was fouled for. You're you're baiting me, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. We've got three forwards in our dream team. We've discussed two of them: Sergio Aguero, highest scoring uh, player so far. And I'm, I'm surprised Dave hasn't been just applauding every every second of this podcast. And when we ask him why, it's just for him still applauding Aguero's hat trick. <laughs> it's it's the That's glow. It. I have the hat trick Aguero yeah. captaincy glow. February is when we started this podcast three years ago. Yeah. Just for fun. We started talking in front of microphones. Sure. This might be the first time Dave has nailed a captain pick in that entire time. We need to give him this episode. It's at least the second time because I nailed yeah. a Sterling before. But let's be honest. It uh, doesn't happen often. That's true. Higuain, welcome to the league. You're in the dream team for Game Week 25. Third and final forward, Bobby Reed. Or, if you'd prefer, Reed Cordova. I'm fine with Bobby Reed. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if he's making anybody really rethink a whole lot. But he did. He when he's looked good, he's looked very good. And that's it's been, true. what, three times this season? 
Something happened when Nias showed up. Bobby Reed decided Umar to play Nias a little harder. Is, of all the guys that are out there, Umar Nias is a really interesting one because he is still annoying when he's playing. And I feel like because Cardiff's schedule is is actually very good, I wonder if it's not going to be if we're not going to be talking about him in the next couple weeks as a like you should probably go get this guy. Marnias is also in my top ten transfers of January. Now, granted, there weren't more than ten relevant transfers in February. If you're a known player, you're probably on my list on our website, fantasysoccerfc.com. Mm-hmm. However, Nias made my list at number eight. I, I think he's going to make some noise before the season's done. I know it's 2-2-2 two, two, two so far for Cardiff, but I'm telling you, I agree with you, Brian. I think he's going to make some he's noise. He's $5, and even if you if you get this, even these minutes from him, the last three matches where he's in the, in the, he's in the squad, he goes 63-72-82. Just those, that number of minutes makes him, it's, it makes him the new, uh, Kamara. It makes him the new guy that you can make your th- your third striker to save yourself money. some money. That's if exactly you need the right. money. That's exactly right. I Someone like you, you've got Rashford probably number one forward because everything's in the midfield. Yep, yep. So Rashford, then you're looking at maybe Rondon or Raul as a second forward. Guys who are cheaper, but they're still going to score some points. And then if you need to, like, you just have no money left, Nias is a great choice for your third forward. Yeah. If the money had worked out, which it did not, I couldn't. I, I mean, I could have done it, but I, I, uh, I failed with Josh King this week, mm. which was really annoying. Sure. Well, we can't win them all. You would think instead of him in playing it. Cardiff, that would be great, but it wasn't. No. I know it really was not. All right, it is everybody's favorite. Fantasy Soccer FC game. It's FPL stud or dud. You know how this works by now. I'm going to name five players. You guys are going to tell me if you think they are a stud moving forward in FPL or a dud. It's pretty simple. Uh, Two of these guys we've discussed before, but we need to discuss them again. Things have changed after all. See everything we've said prior till now on this podcast. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. Number one. Defender from Watford. No, Brian, it's not Jose Holabas. Yep. It is Craig Cathcart. Let me tell you why I'm asking you about Craig Cathcart. Cathcart, in the last four game weeks, he's played three of those matches, six, seven, and eight in those three matches. FPL stud or FPL dud? I mean, I feel like he's... I, I don't want him to be a stud. I mean, he's... <laughs> <laughs> he's played all but one match all season. Uh, so you like that about him. I mean, for four and a half pounds, yeah, I mean, are you going to hope that he repeats these scores in the next uh, the next few weeks? Sure. The thing with Holoboss, like I own Holoboss, so the thing with Watford and any of any other defender from Watford, they're basically alternating matches that are they are useful or not. So why not save a little money and go season. down from Holobos to Cathcart? Well, it's just why the, not just don't own any at all because he's a dud. <laughs> all right, Dave, thank you. <laughs> well, no, I mean I, you're probably right, Dave. I think I think the issue was with Holobos. It's attacking returns. It's it's crosses and it's corner kicks, and it's a guy who's involved offensively. And so I've had a preference for guys that are doing that i already have a guy who's standing in the center doing nothing for me which is jan bednarik 
side note, I don't know why Jan Bednarik is not the number one most transferred in player in all FPL right now. I really don't. I feel like this is is absolutely bizarre. Because of his money and the fact yeah. that he scored seven yeah. points last game. He got an assist, and he's four. He only now, this past week, went up a tenth. He is four pounds. We I, all got him at three points. I don't understand it. Anyway, the point is, I'm going to say no to Craig Cathcart. Okay. Valid. Let's stick with the defense. We're going to move up the table a little bit. Dave, already, I know you're answering this because you alluded to this already, but we have not given a lot of mention to Victor Lindelof to this point on this podcast. But you pointed out he's probably one of the easier ways into the United defense, and his last five scores are 7, 6, 2, 10, and 7. Stud or dud moving forward, Brian, uh, Dave? I. It's so bizarre because United comes into this and their offense got better. And you you wouldn't have thought that they their clean sheets would get better, uh, and it hasn't as you already alluded to it. It mattered who they were playing against. It just depends on almost the better the game, the better they play. Like the stiffer the competition, sure, the more they get up for a match, the better they play. Looking at you, Liverpool. Hey, Lindelof, five You want to get some clean sheets? Go with Lindelof. I say the rest of the way for the most part, fantasy stud. But that means he's probably coming in at the expense of De Gea because you probably own Pogba and Rashford. That's correct. So, so you're still okay with I, Lindelof? If I were to bring him in, and I'm not planning on it, but mm-hmm. if I did, it's not a bad move. Number, well, I had to make that decision last week when I made a transfer. Man, I I, I like off defenders that that have the ability to give me some offensive returns. I'm not expecting that with Lindelof. Not much, no. So if I were to bring him in, I'd have to keep that in mind. But clean sheet But at five pounds. Well, I know. It's not terrible. Doc- yeah. Doherty is, is in that range. Wan-Bissaka. You know, well, I feel like for United That's guys. That's my point. I'm, I already own players. I was debating transferring out Luka Dina and bringing in Victor Lindelof. Right. Now, I did not do it, so I have I didn't make any moves, so I've got two transfers going to this would, next game week. Yeah, I like that move. I wish I had done it, obviously, yeah. before his seven here sure. in this match against Le- uh, Leicester. I mean, I, I did not, which I almost did. I brought in Kolasinac for Arsenal, mainly for his attacking you returns. You won't own Aubameyang, but you'll own Kolasinac? Yeah, well, that's really hypocritical. Returns, I'm not expecting. Kolasinac isn't going to give you much. Uh, he's been better than you think. All right, let's look at it. Look, this week is okay. Seven one six this, five this, one. This would Not be bad. this is I feel like a coin toss. Bringing Kolasinets into the discussion. because of their well, I was going to say I was going to say I mean just even on even on United, whether or not you would want Luke Shaw or Lindelof. I wish Ashley Young was cheaper. Because then in that case, I feel like he would be the more I I would prefer him. Honestly, but he's way, no way. too expensive. I'm only if I'm going to own a United defender, I'm only looking at Victor Lindelof. Well, or Shaw, maybe. But I'm higher on Lindelof at this point. I I think for where Kolasina, it's the fact that he's that now that he's a bit fixed in the lineup. Because that was the issue with him is right. what, what happened. Why did he just? Vanish. Nacho, Nacho Emory, bumped him out. Since but, Emery's shown up for the most part. Yeah, he's been in there, and he's and he's attacking. He's in near, the box nearly constantly. So he's he's the guy. I'm I'm I might 
say, yeah, I might rather have him, especially now in this little With run. With the next that they've three got. matches. Yeah, this yeah. little run they've got over either of the United guys. All right, let's move a little further up the pitch. Here's a guy that we need to talk about again, even though we played this game with him just a couple weeks ago. In fact, Brian, I think you said he has stud potential, but Dave called him a dud. This is Pascal Gross of Brighton. His last five matches, 5-2-10-5-6. Guess who's in form? I know, Brian. I told you on the phone today I'm probably going to have to eat those words. I said Pascal Gross, man. Stud? In form. Uh, yes, I'm going to say stud. If this is healthy Pascal Gross who's doing what he did last season and he's going to show that he's not a fluke, then this is the time. That's true. Uh, Pascal Gross also has uh, cl- nothing but clear sailing in front of him for quite a while. Uh, that's the other. That's the other positive for Brighton. When Brighton had this kind of run in, in front of them earlier in the season, it was with a Pascal Gross who was in the middle of an injury recovery. So I I am not at all downing an I, the idea of buying Pascal Gross. Dave? The only bad thing is, is week 27. He just, he's, Brighton's one of those teams, one of the four teams that does not have a match. Okay. However. Good, I, good note. I'm going to stick with Dud. Really? I, I just to be contrarian. Double down, huh? Yeah, just to be contrarian. All right, well, let's see if you stay that way with the next guy on the list, fellow midfielder. This one's for Southampton, James Ward-Prowse. What was I on record for before? I believe I said uh, stud. Yeah, you liked him. And what, yeah. His last five, three, nine, ten, ten, and then two. Of course you went five. You could have gone last four. Nine, ten, ten, two. Yeah, that sounds better. Yeah. James Ward-Prowse under Hosen. He has transformed James Ward-Prowse into a, a menace. I mean, Unleash the reins. Yeah. One of these bonus points was for getting Wilf Saha suspended, right? It probably was. So not I only like, is he relevant to the offense. I feel like the fact that you have to say him in this segment, hurt. you should have to answer this, this by yourself, true. whether Good or not call, you right? think that this is real. What's his current price? Five pounds. That's it? Yes. 5.1, Brian. 5.1. He 5.1. I'm going I'm to answer it this way. You ready? This is a strong answer here, okay? Yes. I would go from Frazier to Ward-Prowse in the next game week, period. Wow. I probably, be, while I'm waiting on Brooksy, and the fact that this, like, it seems like when He's guys, in Brooksy's range, isn't he? he is. They're the same exact price. So I like, Dave, if they're both healthy and Brooks wouldn't have gotten injured, I'm going to stick with Brooks. Yes. But... When guys get injured, they never seem to come back right into the form that they did have. No. So if that's the case, and Southampton's schedule coming up is reasonable, not really. Actually, Southampton's <laughs> schedule coming up is not isn't great. No, this Southampton's schedule upcoming isn't great. No, two of their next three are good, but if you if you zoom out more, then no, you don't like a lot of what they have coming up. And so, so I don't know it. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm probably just going to – I might hold the ground here, and I don't have to make a move, but it, I'm not going to fault anyone for moving to James Ward-Prowse. I'm, I'm just not. I, I He's a talented kid. seems to be finding his stride underneath a new manager. You know, maybe maybe you need to rock and roll with him. I'm more tempted by Nathan Redmond, and I know how insane that sounds. Hey, is Nathan Redmond and Andres Townsend the same guy? <laughs> What? I feel like they're the same guy. They look alike a little bit. They've had the same style of play. They're both sort of enigmas that every once in a while will score and then not. 
I'm just saying, I think they're the same guy. Uh, they could be Nathan Redmond. I mean, Nathan Redmond's been playing really well, and I and he's. I know. I mean, I know his returns are are spotty too, but Not, he's. Uh, yeah, nothing really until this past. He's week. the Neil Etheridge of midfielders for the mm, season. Good analogy. All right, let's talk about Alex Mitrovic again for Fulham. Mixed returns here as well, but is he belonging in that list of forwards we've discussed to this point? Guys like Raul and Rondon. Last five, two, two, one, thirteen, two. He had a seven just prior to that against Huddersfield. Is he worth talking about at this point? Is he an FPL stud or dud, Dave? Dud. Wow, Dave, that's really harsh. I feel like honestly, he's probably a a does. Remember, but, when, remember but, when he was scoring like crazy in the first five or six weeks of the season, and then he just uh, he's done next to nothing since then. It's really awesome. I I don't want to say he's a I don't want to say he's a dud. Well, their upcoming schedule. You just don't want to get beat up. Yeah, I don't want him to come find me. Yeah, four out of the next seven are against a top six club. I don't like Fulham uh, at all for anything to to own anyone on their club. So I think because Mitrovic is six and a half, and Jimenez is barely more expensive than he is. And uh, like Raul we said, Rondon is a dollar cheaper than him. Yeah. I, and I mean, honestly, I mean, I could have gotten Mitrovic this week instead of Josh King. I would think, I mean, even with a bad schedule, I would Therefore, prefer. Therefore, he's a, he's a dud. I would just, prefer Josh King. So, so just, yes, I'll just say it. Yes, just he's, it. he's a dud. And we'll, I'm sure we can revisit this when their schedule gets better. Dave, what did I just do? <laughs> you drew a circle on your computer. Dave, what did I just do? You closed your computer. Yes, that means we're at the end of our show. Oh. We've gotten to the end. We've referenced our website multiple times already, fantasysoccerfc.com. Yes. We're also relatively active on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Fantasy Soccer FC. We do our best. Keep an eye out at all of those places where you can find us. And, uh, and, and thanks to those who've been reaching out to us. We've had new listeners reaching out yes, to us across social media, over email, on our website. It has been great to get the feedback. Thank you very much. Continue to do that if you would. We feed off of that. We can't reply to everyone right away, but we'll try to reach out back, you know, reach back to you, start a dialogue with you. Keep an eye out for some exciting announcements coming up over the next couple of months. We've done some things in the background to make this podcast something that could potentially become a sustainable business in the future. And so we're really excited about some upcoming announcements that we have to make. Uh, about ways that we want to expand and explore for this podcast. So stay tuned for that. We'll no doubt talk about that as as we uh, finalize some things in future episodes. And uh, Dave, is there anything else that you normally say here that I've left out? Nope. You covered it. Don't, uh, don't be scared, guys, to give us a good rating and or review on iTunes. We would greatly appreciate that. And if you are that. scared of giving us a good rating, then you probably need to talk to someone. That's correct. And if you're going to use the word wanker, make sure the word Dave is also in the same sentence, <laughs> not Scott or Brian. Yeah. And on that note, for the Fancy Soccer FC podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.